Hi, I'm Mark Richardson. Welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you take a little bit of a time out and think about your remodeling business, not just do it. What I try to do is take different topics, topics that I think are pretty relevant and insightful about things that are happening out there and may help you with your business. I also bring on special guests, guests that not only are experts and authorities, but also thought leaders in the remodeling industry. Today, I want to talk about a topic that is something that I'm feeling out there that's really greater than I've seen, certainly in many years, and that's the whole topic of fatigue. And as you think about kind of this fatigue, you know, so much of it has to do with, you know, kind of the length of time that you're doing anything. If you're working on a big project and you're going on and on, there's a certain fatigue that you or the crews or designers feel about that project. Well, I think the environment that we're in right now has really created that as well. I mean, we're not taking vacations, taking time out. You know, I heard, you know, this remote working and shifting that kind of adage to be more living at work. And so it makes kind of this notion of, you know, a normal kind of work week where we have big breaks on the weekends, really an ongoing process, regardless how many hours you're putting in. There's a level of fatigue and weight that I think not only you are experiencing, but also many others. You know, what's interesting about all this is the level of uncertainty and how the conversations really are changing. You know, I remember back, I was up visiting a company in the mid part of March, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And needless to say, there was a lot of anxiety and there was a lot of fear. And one of the things that I tried to do with the group not only was to try to have them articulate the anxiety, but also have them think about how long was the bridge going to be over top of this virus that was the river out there. And for the most part, most people average somewhere between two and three months. They thought based on some of the news and some of the science that things would kind of get back to normal in two to three months. Well, once we got into it, within a month or two into it, I think it became clear that this was a much, much longer movie here that we were experiencing, and it wasn't quite so short term. So as I started talking and listening to different companies, the conversations became much more, it was a race, it was a 5k, it was a 10k. And in a 5k and 10k, you have to kind of prepare yourself, prepare yourself, not just psychologically, but prepare yourself in terms of the positioning of the business, the clients, and certainly the team. Well, as we got deeper into the summer, again, the conversation started to change uh, even more. Uh, I started to talk more about this being more of a marathon and not just a shorter race. And the reality is, if you look at, for example, people that run long marathons, they're not necessarily the best in shape. They're oftentimes the ones that have the best mindset. You know, marathon requires different kind of fuel and different kind of ways to approach the race. It requires different training. It requires different elements in terms of being able to recover after it. It's a marathon. The next conversation I moved to, quite frankly, which has connotations that are a little bit scary, but it really kind of hit me that, you know, this was more akin to like a war. 
In a war, there were a lot of battles. In a war, there was a lot of uncertainty. In a war, there was a cause. In a war, there's winners and losers. Certainly, some of the industries that were out there today were real losers. And certainly in home improvement and remodeling, it was a winning kind of industry. But the war isn't over. The war would not end. We have another battle. We might win. We have to start to think in terms of a series of battles to ultimately create, I think, the environment that you want with the war. So I'm going to give you some things that I think might be able to help you and certainly your team as you process and think about fatigue. Because I do think making fatigue a top priority within your business, just like with a military general having the fatigue of certainly the armor, it, army, it's really the difference between kind of winning and losing. It's, it's the difference between getting through all this or not. And oftentimes, I think those that have that extra fuel in the tank or they can re-energize, they're the ones that are going to be not only kind of mentally, but also physically more successful in getting through this. You know, it might be that we're only about a third of the way through at this juncture. And I know that concept is hard for anyone to believe, but I think many will get through it just fine, if not well, if they start to look at it the right way. So I've created kind of a top 10 list of ways to think about, I think, this notion of getting through it. Number one is I think as a leader, you need to own it. And when I say own it, you need to wake up every day thinking not only about the fatigue, but also addressing it yourself. How are you going to be kind of the voice of reason? How are you going to be the example of addressing kind of the fatigue that's out there? And I think once that you own it, the likelihood that you're going to make it more of a priority because it's so clear that it's predominant in so many companies and teams out there that I think you're going to be more successful. The second thing is, I think it's really important to be empathetic. You know, you've got to look at this topic, this subject, through the eyes of others, not just you. Empathy is super important. The reality is you may have children that are not at home, but you have many employees with children at home. You have clients that are are not only treating their home as a, a workplace and certainly a living place, but it's also a school. It's also a, a little bit of a sanctuary. It's a safe haven. So I think having that level of empathy for all the stakeholders involved, I think as you uh, are processing this level of fatigue is important. The third element I wrote down here was communi- com- communication. Now, communication isn't just about transferring information. Communication is also therapeutic. Just by discussing the fatigue and bringing it more top of mind and having people see how they're feeling and putting those feelings out there in the form of communication is a great, great way, I think, for have people to see a little bit of relief and feel better about things. I know when I do that with leadership teams all the time, I can literally see in the course of a 30 to one hour conversation, it's starting to change. Number four is to take some inventory of the time and the activities. Now, the best way to have any kind of impact on fatigue is to start to get some of those monkeys off either your belt, back, or the back of some of your team members, or certainly even some of the burdensome with your clients. And I think the best way to do that, if you think about a 40, 50, 60-hour week, 
how many kind of chunks of time and activities can you potentially take off so there can be a little bit more relief? I think in most positions in companies, there's a lot of energy and time that's spent on things that aren't really, really critical. And you can give back dividends of some of that time so that people are feeling a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more relieved. Number five is you got to mix it up. You got to change the pattern. Now, we've talked about kind of this environment when in being a little bit like Groundhog Day. It's the next day is the same as the, and the weekends blend into the weekdays. So I think one way to do that is to mix up the pattern. Change up, I think, what happens, when it happens, who it happens with, how it happens. You know, if you start to shift up the pattern of the activities, not only for yourself, but the team members, I think you'll, you'll be uh, more successful. Number six I wrote on my list was really put intense focus on the short term, but don't forget about at least fantasizing and discussing the long term. The discussions of the long term will make people feel better. Focusing on the long, the short term in terms of things that you can control, things that uh, you, you have in front of you, successes, little wins that you can make will make you feel better too. So focus on both of those extremes, the short term getting things done and the long term kind of what it's going to be and the vision of it for the future, I think is going to be good. Number seven is change the expectations. You know, I think a lot of people think in terms of, oh, this is our monthly, this is our annual goal, this is what our targets are. You know, this is what we talked about three months ago, six months ago, or even a year ago. Maybe you need to adjust some of those expectations. The environment that we're in right now really, I think, requires setting expectations and actually lowering the bar. Let the bar get exceeded. Part of addressing fatigue is when you exceed the expectations or exceed the bar. So make the bar at a level so it is, in fact, winnable as opposed to being disappointed and further fatigued. Number eight is forcing people to take time off. There's a few companies I work with that are out there that literally force people to take vacations. And if you really think about that, Forcing people to take vacations as opposed to allowing people to take vacations are two different things. But what kind of message do you think that's sending some of your people that are uh, handling uh, so many difficult things, not only through the work or at home, uh, to really uh, help them be uh, more, more successful? Um, it'll help them recharge. I know that travel is a restrictive thing, but you don't have to be traveling to have a, a, a ability to take some time off. You know, get creative. You know, part of fatigue is how you're working. It's the environment that you're working. You know, I know and I've seen some people, you know, go out and work from beach houses or work from cabins in the mountains for a couple of days. And that helps, I think, to change the pattern and reduce some of the fatigue. I have a friend that actually took an RV and literally was working out of his RV, bouncing around and traveling and trying to make this the most memorable and not necessarily negative and, and, and very burdensome kind of time and time of his life. And then number 10 on my top 10 list of how to maybe address this subject of fatigue is to pace yourself. 
you know, I know that there's a tremendous amount of remodeling activity out there. I know the phone is ringing. However, you know, it's important, I think, that you pace yourself in all of this. You know, remodeling is going to happen in a month from now, three months, and six months from now. And you've got to balance, I think, the, your thirst and hunger for these projects that are out there and clients are out there with kind of your own and your team's kind of pace. I think those companies that start to methodically map out their projects and, and the things out in the future, I think, are much, much healthier and much safer, certainly in all this, than those that are trying to gobble up every little thing that they can. All that's creating is a level of fatigue out there that's even greater. So in closing and talking about kind of this subject, I think, you know, at a thousand foot level, you know, I think part of this is how do you want to 2020 and 2021 to be remembered? You know, it certainly has had horrific connotations and, and, and activities that have happened. However, you know, it doesn't have to be so negative. There's a tremendous amount of silver linings out there. When your team or you look back into this year, you know, how do you want to be uh, felt about? You know, were you pushing to the point that the rubber band almost snapped? Or in fact, were you empathetic and were you looking at it and really leading through the right ways? People are going to remember not necessarily just what was accomplished this year and certainly the beginning of next. They're going to also remember how they were feeling and how they were treated in the course of it. So again, I want to thank everybody to listening to Certainly Remodeling Mastery. I want to thank all of my supporters with the National Association of the Remodeling Industry as well as Professional Remodeler. And I encourage you to really listen to also our thought leaders because they really are the ones that are in the trenches doing this as well. Take care, everyone. Looking for a fresh perspective of the moment education that suits both your business vision for 2021 and your wallet? The 31st Annual Remodeling Show has been reimagined online November 16th through the 18th. Register now for free to gain access to over 20 on-demand and live sessions for remodelers. With topics ranging from effective production, hands-on technical application, to design techniques you can apply to your very next project. It all kicks off soon. Learn more and save your virtual seat at remodelingshow.com. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome back. This segment of Remodeling Mastery is one that's, you know, always, I think, not only fun, but a little bit more, uh, you know, heartfelt and insightful. And my guest today, who's been a regular on Remodeling Mastery, has been, uh, you know, really influential in so many elements in the industry. It's Erica Taylor. She's the director of content for a professional remodeler. And Erica just came out of a very important conference. It's a conference that Professional Remodeler and Erica lead uh, really focused on women and focused on women's in construction uh, as it relates to many things that are certainly going on and relevant out there. And I asked Erica to come on because, you know, given I think the times we're in and certainly uh, 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 kind of the importance of you know so many topics, uh, I was anxious to really hear some of Erica's insights coming right out of the conference. So, Erica, welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Oh, hey, Mark, how are you? 
Well, great to have you here. So, you know, again, I know this is very, very fresh. So uh, what were some of the top things that really resonated for you coming out of the, the conference? So this is the first time that we have done this event virtually. And the Women in Residential Construction Conference is known for the incredible amount of energy that is in the room and the um, really profound camaraderie and the feeling of community that this group brings. And there was some concern among us who were hosting the event that, you know, is that going to translate to an online format? And I think not only did it translate, I thought it translated beautifully. I mean, it was stellar. And what it tells me is that um, you, we really can make the transition from in-person to online successfully, I think, as COVID you know, continues. It just takes different kinds of effort and different ways of thinking about it. Um, you know, we had a virtual wine tasting and we had yoga. We had all of these things that one really thinks of as being in-person events and they worked very, very well virtually. And I don't think it was only the gender. I think it also had to do with the goodwill and the energy and the sense of community that this group brought with them to the event. So based on that, Erica, I mean, one of the things that the listeners been hearing from me recently is, you know, we're really not talking about a new normal. It's more of a newest normal that's constantly changing. Do you think or feel comfortable at least, you know, kind of predicting that, you know, this virtual kind of dance, this proof of concept that virtual is, is, is a pretty effective way to be able to interact with a community like this is going to be the future? I do feel comfortable with that. And we had a session on um, sort of how to market during a pandemic and how to position your company. And one of the things that the moderator of that session said is that don't even use the words new normal. It's not new anymore. It's just what is. And when you have marketing materials that show people together gathering at, say, someone's house, whether it's building or remodeling, have everybody wearing a mask in your marketing materials. You know, it's just, it's just what, it's just life now. And it's, uh, we are going to go forward into a virtual setting. And, you know, it, what will be interesting is how much will that this affect even when COVID gets solved, quote unquote, how much will have permanently changed? How much will our culture be permanently altered in, an, in, in a more of an online environment as a result of what we've all seen, what's gonna to happen to commercial office space and what's gonna to happen to sales meetings. Excellent. So what, what's another kind of takeaway or insight that you glean from uh, uh, the conference? So we've been doing this conference for a number of years now. And I've noticed in the past that there's a lot of discussion about women in the industry. You know, what are, women's place in the industry? Why are there so few women in the industry? You know, talking about discrimination toward women in the industry, how do you deal with a workforce that's all male if you're a woman? There's been a lot of talk about that. And now I'm noticing a huge shift, a huge mind shift away from that. The assumption is that women are in the industry. 
And it's no longer about the fact that they're in the industry. Instead, the topics were more about topics that might appeal to women, but they, but they weren't about women. And I think that makes me feel so optimistic. The numbers of women in the industry are rising and the women that are there are gaining their footing in a way that I have not seen in the past. And it, I really noticed it this year. You know, I've, I've been on some panels that have addressed the kind of the labor challenges. And I've oftentimes scratched my head and really wondered, uh, you know, why aren't more women uh, in the actual trades themselves? And I remember on one panel that uh, I was on, it was actually a woman made a comment that, you know, women aren't as strong as men. And I was actually more offended, I think, than the audience with that comment, because there's so many things in terms of the actual trades that, you know, don't require muscle. They really just require, you know, a little bit of organization and a little bit of skill. So I guess my, my question is, do you see even from a trade point of view, kind of more presence on the women's side? I do. Um, I think that that is a slower, you know, that's the tail that comes behind women, I think, in more management positions, certainly a lot of design and marketing positions, but we're seeing more women company owners. Um, and I think that the trades is going to be the last thing to see that kind of gender parity. But I do believe that it's coming. I think that it's not as unusual to see um, women in the field anymore. And you know, there's a project going on now where they're building a house in Utah and every single tradesperson who touches that house is going to be a woman. And I don't even know if 10 or 15 years ago you could have done that. I don't know if you could have found enough people in Utah. And that's what I mean. I, I, it's coming. It's coming. Excellent. So were there any other insights that you uh, kind of uh, plucked? Because obviously there were so much time together, as you pointed out, the energy in the community, there must have been, you know, something else that you see, you know, that's really interesting. So I thought in terms of the topics, I noticed that there was a lot more discussion about leadership and about management, about how to communicate effectively as a manager, about how to um, have, a, have your vision as a leader, about how to inspire other people as a leader. And it wasn't gender specific per se, but it really resonated with the women there. Those sessions were packed, packed. And I think it's because women are seeing themselves as leaders more and more and more as that's reflected back to them like a mirror from the larger culture. And again, it just does my heart good to see it. Um, there's, there, there's just more and more and more company owners and, and people in, in management positions, and they need to learn. They need to learn how to lead. And they are, they, they are learning and it's awesome. Yeah. I think that leadership will also probably lead pretty dramatically to a lot more presence in, in, in terms of women. So let me just kind of wrap up this conversation just with one more question. And that is, you know, we're obviously dealing with unprecedented kind of times, unprecedented kind of levels of stress and fatigue that people are going through. You know, I don't kind of like, and certainly not an advocate of kind of putting 
women in a different place than men as it as as it relates to kind of addressing this. But you know, I, I I'm curious if you see a difference, a difference in terms of you know how you know some of the men are kind of addressing this you know pandemic and 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 the stress and the related things versus the women. So. I, I see a difference in the way, and again, I, I, I say this as you do with extreme caution, because obviously we don't want to make sweeping generalizations about gender norms. That said, I do see some differences in the way that women are thinking about virtual events in general than, uh, 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 differently than men are. And I think that that also happens in the rest of the world as well when, when, with women in this industry, not just as they see virtual events, but also as they go about their lives and their jobs in remodeling. And what that difference is, is I believe that there was this kind of sentiment of, we made the best of this virtual event. We brought our A game. We really formed the sense of community. We brought a lot of energy, but we still wish that it was in person. And I think that there's an enormous amount of pent up demand for a lot of these in-person live events. And I believe that that is manifested more in women than in men. I have been to virtual events that have a more male dominated audience and I haven't felt that feeling of, oh, Interesting. we wish we were in person. And I think that that also translates across the board in remodeling, I think women for whatever reason, um, there's that there's that feeling, there's that ephemeral feeling when you're in someone's presence. It's the body language, it's the energy, it's it's what it is. And I think, I bet if you did, you know, Mark, it'd be really, a really, really interesting study if you looked at sales calls and you looked at the gender of the person who really preferred the person to come to their house versus the person who was more comfortable doing it virtually. I wonder if the women would be more likely to say, no, 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 I want you here in the room with me when you talk through this design, these design options. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it would be interesting to look at. Yeah, no, that is very interesting. I find with many of the remodeling leaders uh, and I, I connect to many women and many men, I, I find in many ways our conversations uh, are much more including things like empathy and including things like, you know, uh, kind of an ear to the ground and, and uh, a much more of a caring perspective than just a business as usual, you yeah. know, uh, and, and I, I do find there are some differences. So, you know, I want to thank uh, Erica Taylor for joining me today. And I want to thank all the supporters, certainly of Remodeling Mastery, uh, including Erica's magazine, Professional Remodeler, as well as NERI, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, as well as my producer of this podcast series, Surefire Local. So thank you, Erica, for joining me today and uh, look forward to uh, speaking to you again soon. Oh, thank you, Mark. It was a pleasure as always. Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Surefire Local. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 